Today on the Marketing Genius Podcast, you'll hear from Melissa Hellman. She's the director of the Go School at Better Homes and Gardens and Go Realty. From grade school to studying for your real estate exam, we've all had those awful school experiences. The dingy classrooms, the boring materials, and the outdated methods. With the Go School, Alyssa is working to change all of that by making continuing education valuable and enjoyable for today's agents. Better Homes and Gardens and Go Realty is one of the fastest growing real estate companies in the country. And talking with Alyssa, it's easy to see why. In this interview, Alyssa reveals her secrets for handling online leads and explains why building a great brand sometimes means saying no to new business. Hi, this is Jeff Turner from Real Satisfied. Hi, this is Nobu Hada. This is Alyssa Hellman of Better Homes and Gardens Go Realty, and you're listening to the Marketing Genius Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Genius Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes with the most brilliant real estate professionals and brands to uncover the latest digital marketing tools and tricks for your online arsenal. Now, here are your hosts, Seth Price and Matt Barbet. Alyssa, super excited to have you on the show. Um, you are someone that we have watched really make an impact on the industry and over the last few years. I'd love to open up by you telling us a little bit about the work that you're doing at Go Realty. Sure. Um, so my work at Go is kind of twofold. Um, I'm the director of our Go School, which is a pre-licensing, post-licensing, and continuing education real estate school. Um, and we've this year we've also incorporated much more of a training aspect. So, um, training courses that are offered not for credit. Uh, I'm a big believer in kind of my time in the industry. It's, I've, it's, I've had such a big impact by learning so much from people that wasn't necessarily for credit, just learning for the sake of being better. Um, and those actually were the sessions that I've taken so much away from. So when I came on at the go school, my thought was, why would we not want to be attracting agents that literally just want to be better? Um, and so we've incorporated much more of that. And then at the go school, we've actually by 2016, we will have tripled in size. We had one location, um, earlier this year, we just opened our second location, uh, which will be starting classes in September. And then we're opening another location in 2016. Um, so growing rapidly, but that is a good thing. Um, and do you my th- second, no, sorry. I, have a, I have a question there. Do you think sure. that that is something that, you know, we can all agree that real estate is a hyper competitive market, especially, you know, with recruiting and even, you know, the inventory that exists. Um, is that something that sets you guys apart? Absolutely. And it's something not just that sets us apart, but allows us to not just attract agents that are, that fit with our culture and that are, you know, motivated by being better, but also identify those agents in the real estate industry. Sometimes it's very difficult to identify those agents, um, both experienced and potential new agents. And so the school has been a resource for us to be able to do that and to be able to connect with people 
while they're kind of taking a step back from the day to day and really connect with people on a personal level. So it's been a a huge asset to us as a brokerage. That's great. And, you know, when you think about sort of more traditional real estate schools, when I got my license, it was cramming over the course of two weekends, studying for the test. And then you had this piece of paper and you were (laughs) off into the wild. What, you know, what can real estate schools learn from what you guys are doing here? So uh, uh, kind of our line and, and one thing that I've been very clear about when, when introducing the school to a lot of agents in our market is, you know, we're not the biggest real estate school, but we're also not the biggest brokerage. We just kind of like making those big schools and those big brokerages a little bit nervous. Um, <laughs> So our thing is we don't feel like real estate education has to be in a dark, dingy classroom where, you know, the chair that you're sitting in might break during the class. We want to make that a really memorable and good experience for the students so that that keeps them coming back. And we do that by constantly reviewing our curriculum and trying to offer that next level content. We're constantly interviewing instructors that we find engaging. You know, I take classes actually not at the Go School um, to try and identify talent that isn't with us, but that maybe should be with us. Um, And then our rooms are designed much like our offices. You know, we have snacks. Real estate agents love food. Um, So (laughs) that's always a good thing. We offer snacks. I think all all entrepreneurs love food. Absolutely. And I totally get that. (laughs) And so, you know, we, we try and incorporate technology. We try and make it, you know, sitting through a CE class or sitting through pre-licensing or post-licensing, these are long stretches of time. We try to make it, you know, enjoyable experiences where students feel like, you know, that went by so quick. Wow. It's already the next break. I mean, we love students that feel that way. And from what I'm getting and the experience that we're delivering, what I hear from our students is we're absolutely delivering on that. You mentioned that you guys were small, but you're now part of Better Homes and Gardens, or at least for the last year. How does that impact? Like, what are the challenges of that? And what are the, you know, what are the benefits? Because I know for every I'll call them boutique brokerage, the opportunity of joining a big company has, you know, you have to question like, Hey, what's going to be the long-term value? I'd love to hear your take on that. Absolutely. So, um, we actually are going through a really unique time at go. I mean, we're a five-year-old company in 2010, we opened our doors with 12 agents and did about $18 million in production that first year. At the end of 2014, we had 60 agents and did about $182 million in production. So we have grown at an extremely rapid pace. Um, So what's unique about that is we're just coming up, um, I think actually on Saturday is our one year anniversary with Better Homes and Gardens. And so, um, but as I say, we're a five-year-old company. So we're sort of going through that awkward teenage years stage. Yeah. which is, would have been the same story, whether we were affiliated with better homes and gardens or not. Um, however, having the guidance and, um, sort of the knowledge network that we get with better homes and gardens, as well as the tools, we're able to grow and scale what we're doing at a much more efficient pace, I would say. Um, and so you you also have Sherry, Chris at the 
at the helm of that. And she is, I mean, one, I think she's an inspiration in the industry, but also she seems to be a real proponent of individual growth. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, what, what I say to kind of indie brokerages that are saying, you know, did you sell out? I don't think we sold out at all. This is how we achieve the growth that we wanted to achieve. Um, you know, affiliating with a franchise network isn't right for everyone. It was right for us. Um, and you know, we're, we're still the same go. We still have our same core beliefs up on the walls of all of our offices. You know, we still have our go show. We still do all of the same things that we did. Um, our agents just have more resources available to them as part of being part of the Better Homes and Gardens Network. And as you say, I mean, with the guidance of Sherry, she's been so supportive of me individually as well as, you know, go as a company. I, you know, I don't think we could have anyone better at the helm. That's great. Um, you did some different things before you started in real estate. You were in politics, public relations. What made you decide to shift into this industry? Sure. So I bought my first home um, when I moved to Washington, D.C. in 2008. Um, right, at which the, was, uh, right at the end of the boom years. Yeah, exactly. So I was... Um, kind of the, the bottom didn't really hit in Washington, D.C. until 2009. Um, and even still, Washington, D.C. is kind of a unique market where we were sort of sheltered from um, a lot of the national stuff that you heard about. Yeah. Um, so our prices weren't down that much. But I was a first time home buyer. I was really excited to be in a new city and to own my first home. And I worked with an agent who don't get me wrong, was a fabulous agent. I would recommend her to a lot of people. Um, but she was one of those agents that just handled all the details and she was very transactional focused. Um, and so I left, I guess, I guess maybe part of this is me being a millennial, but I left sort of wanting more. I wanted an experience. I wanted to know every single little thing that was happening. I was like a real estate agent's worst nightmare when it comes to being <laughs> a client. I'm, I'm sure I was now that I've sold real estate. I understand that that was me. Yeah. Um, but it was a kind of an, an enlightening experience for me. And so, um, I graduated grad school and I had the option to go into the federal government. And I just decided, you know, I had kind of this odd experience. I, I want to make a difference. Like I got my master's degree in public service. And so my, all I wanted to do was change the world. And yeah. I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's certainly a big dream to change the world, but I feel like in selling real estate, you know, I might not be saving lives, but I'm definitely having an impact on lives. Yeah. And especially uh, with the, edu with the education piece, I mean, it seems like I can see the thread because yeah. you're not just selling real estate, you're really impacting the lives of people that are choosing this for a career. And those people are impacting the lives of you know, anybody who's buying or selling, which is a traumatic experience. I mean, I've done it quite a few times. Um, <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. And I, I think that's the thing. Um, part of it is, you know, my age and my generation is, you know, I don't want to have anything be just a transaction. You know, I buy a slice of pizza and I want to talk to the guy that's serving it to me. Yeah. I mean, some people probably hate that, but that's, that's just who I am at my core, regardless of what industry I'm in. I talk to everybody. That's, that's what I like to do. And I realized when I began in real estate, 
what a profound impact that had on my clients, just listening to them. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't really realize that so that is so rare in the real estate industry is so many agents are so focused on you know, the next deal, where's the next deal coming from? How can I build my pipeline? When it's like, you have people right in front of you, pay attention to them as well. Yeah. I think that, you know, in many ways, that is the only differentiator when we all sort of level set and let's assume we all, we all have beautiful websites. We all have email and drip marketing and whatever those tools are, cause they're getting better and better and cheaper and cheaper. The differentiator is relationship and actually caring about humans and providing some value above and beyond the house that you're selling because everyone's selling the same house. Absolutely. And I, I think that that is something that I have been and continue to be extremely passionate about is just people and experiences. And you can really make a difference by focusing on the people you're working with. And you're so right, Seth, that really is the only thing that sets us apart. And in my opinion, that's the only thing that technology will never be able to touch. Yeah. Without you just a doubt. can't, you just can't replicate that personal relationship. I mean, you just, it, technology can be an asset when it comes to building that personal relationship. And for me, it certainly has. However, you just can't replicate it using any tool that I'm aware of. And I hope that, you know, as much as I'm thrive on innovation, I don't ever want there to be a tool that tries to do that. Because if you're trying to do that, I really think you're on the wrong path as for where we should be going as a society, not just an industry. Yeah. We, um, I like watching you on social because you are not, um, I don't want to say you're not purposeful, but you're not angling. And no. there's something really refreshing about that. It's like you have conversations on the platforms that I see you on. So, you know, I see you a lot on and and interact a lot on Facebook and I see you on Instagram and I see you on Twitter and they're all just like you being a friend, talking to someone or talking to someone that you've, you know, followed or admired or they've written something. Is that something that you espouse to others to emulate? Absolutely. Well, yes and no. Um, the way I am on social is the way I am, as you know, when I speak to you in person. Um, and if I'm, if you meet me in person and I'm exactly the way you thought I'd be based on how you've observed me on social, like I'm doing it right in my opinion. Yep. I agree. Um, and I try and teach folks that is, you know, don't necessarily emulate what I'm doing, but be yourself. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're a jerk in real life, you're probably going to be a jerk on social and there I'm may okay be with some, that. Yeah. There may be some people that actually like that. We, I mean, we like Howard Stern or we like the shock, shock people. I mean, there's an audience for everyone. I, I believe. Absolutely. And I think that, I mean, when you're yourself on social, that's really when you can see the magic of it. Because then I have plenty of friends that I've met in, in throughout the industry that I originally met on social. And when I meet them in person, it's, I mean, it's like we've known each other for years, which we may have online. Um, but just meeting in person, I mean, that's when you can really see the power of these, 
these tools. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I mean, like I'm a geek over that. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, I want to switch gears and talk about something or a conversation that we were a part of, you know, maybe a year ago where we were talking about lead love and you, mm-hmm. you do something, or at least in a former iteration of your job, you do something that I thought was really unique. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll frame it up, which is, Hey, we're all doing these activities online to attract people to our website. And if we're a little more sophisticated, we have some way to track their activities, cookie them and know what properties they're looking at and when they're looking at them and how many times they've been back to our site. Now I'd love for you to talk about that and how you think about it. Cause I thought it was really interesting. Sure. So, um, so my other role at Go, I still have it, is I'm the director of Go Leads, which is our online lead generation and conversion program here at Go. Yep. Um, and I think, I think the conversation that you're referring to is, so we use a platform called Boomtown, um, yep. which I chose to work with Boomtown literally because of their analytics, which allow me to observe customer behavior. Yeah. And what I've found by watching that as well as kind of speaking to these online leads is people are extremely reluctant to speak to you. That's why they're looking online. Yeah. Um, and they don't want you to know everything and kind of industry wise, our gut reaction is, tell me what you're qualified for. Tell me where you're looking. Tell me what schools you like. Tell me everything. And that's the conversation that is so common with a lot of people that try and work these leads, which works for some people, but just like any other client, it doesn't work for a lot of people. And more often than not, an online lead needs a little loving before you get there. Like take me to dinner before you take me home kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) And so our focus has been much more conversational, um, just to get to know the people. And, um, in terms of the analytics that we watch, our analytics are so powerful because I'm able to see what the client's looking at, how many times they're looking at it. And I'm able to kind of take from that things that maybe they haven't told me that allow me not to like in a creepy way, but allow me to better serve them. Yeah. If they're telling me they want to be, you know, in downtown Raleigh, but they're also looking in downtown Durham, I can kind of keep my eyes and ears to the ground to help them. And that's really what I'm after. I'm not trying to just like get their sale done and like move on to the next one. I'm trying to help these people. Yeah. Um, and when you come at online leads or just real estate in general, from a place of helping and a place of service, um, to me, you're doing yourself such a, such a favor in terms of making your business long-term instead of making it, you know, one and done, so to speak. Yeah. You, um, when you talk about sort of watching the activity and the analytics, what does that look like for you? Because I think a lot of people, they hear that and they're like, yeah, I've got Google analytics, or I might even, I might have Boomtown or I've placed her or whoever the, the platform is, but I don't know what that means to watch that. Do I look at it every day? Do I get a report? And then how do I decide to action upon that? Sure. So I look for people who are visiting the site regularly. Um, 
our analytics track how long they were on the site as well as what they've looked at on the site. Um, and oftentimes people will tell me that, you know, they're approved for one amount, but they're looking at houses that are a little more or a little less. And I'll kind of play on that and I'll have conversations with them on that. And I'm, I'm not secretive about this. I tell our clients and our leads, you know, I'll, I'll watch from our end, you know, because I'm, I'm coming from a place of service. I want to help you. So, you know, sometimes you don't know what you're looking for. Are you reaching out on chat or are you reaching out on Um, email because they've registered in some way, shape or form? So a little bit of both. Um, our initial conversation, we do text, call, and email. Um, and then when we finally make contact, we ask oftentimes how they would prefer to be contacted. Nine times out of 10, these leads do not want to talk to you on the phone. I mean, it's great. I'm all for calling until you reach these people because you need to verify that they're giving you the right information. However, I've had leads that haven't replied to my emails and haven't answered my phone calls for three months. And then I send them a text and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, I'm loving these properties. Do you have anything in this neighborhood? And I mean, like they're ready to talk to you. And if you think about it logically, that makes a lot of sense. They found you online. They want this veil of a piece of technology in between you rather than having to verbalize over the phone what, you know, what you might want to ask them. Yeah. And it's also speaking to someone in the language that they want to be spoken to. Like my wife really only loves text. If you send her an email, if I could log into her email, she's probably got a thousand unread emails, but she responds to every text. Totally. It's, it's really interesting. It's it's as much as it's a generational thing. It's just also like, I, I hate when we go to these events and you see these panels and it's like how to talk to millennials. And the reality is like, you don't talk to every millennial the same way. Yeah. Like you can, you can observe trends, but it, if you've ever seen me at a conference, what a lot of people find very funny is I take all of my notes on in a notebook with a pen. Yeah, I never bring out my laptop there because that's just how I absorb that information. And, but you know, I also prefer to text than to pick up the phone. I mean, that's just easier for me sometimes. Yeah. Um, But I mean, like then you get to a generation like my father, who's a baby boomer. And I mean, like he fits the bill of a baby boomer. Like he'll he'll send me a text now, but they still say love dad. And I'm like, dad, this isn't an email, you know? I mean, but like. I know who you are. Yeah. And I'm like, it says dad in the contact information, but like, I love him. So I don't give him too much crap about it. But like, that's what you have to keep in mind is some people will a hundred percent fit the bill of that their generation. And some people won't like, I still wear an analog watch just because that's what I like to do. Um, but I wear a Fitbit on my other hand. So, and I carry a cell phone. So like, if I want to know what time it is, I can look anywhere, but but (laughs) it's one of those things that like, yeah, I like having that. Um, and so that, that's kind of what you need to be mindful of. And I think honestly, what taught me that is when I first started, I worked with a lot of first time home buyers and a lot of them were millennials just like me. And a lot of them loved to DocuSign after they first signed stuff with the pen, Yeah, which I found so interesting. Like, yeah, you love technology, but 
you think about it and when you step away from the transaction and into their transition, like their life transition that they're in, purchasing their first home is so important that they may feel the need to pick up that pen and sit across the table from you and have you explain everything that they're signing, which you should do anyway. But they wanted kind of that tactile action of doing that. But once we did that once, then they signed everything electronically after that, um, which I found interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. There's some one. What's so cool about that is that is right in line with what you describe as an experience that's experiential, right? There's the, the feel of the pen on the paper and the holding it in your hand and the sort of hesitation before you start writing. I had, um, you reminded me when you were talking about this, the house that we live in now, and we've been here in this house, I think for 10 or 11 years, but when we bought it at the closing and the, the agent brought a, an ink fountain pen <laughs> and he opened it up and it was like, it was totally old school, but I loved it. And I remember it to this day. It's like, you know, a little bit of ink like strays away from your signature. And my wife and I were there and it was just, you know, a really beautiful experience. We bought the house of our dreams and it was memorialized. Like you would have a certificate for your wedding or something like that. It was, uh, it was definitely memorable. I mean, like that's, it, it sounds very cheesy, but I've signed every contract I've ever written with the exact same pen that my parents gave me oh, when I first awesome. started in real estate. And I mean, it's, it, for me, it's that, like yeah. I'm, I'm superstitious and I'm, you know, I, but I like that experience. That's the experience for me. And part of why I did that is I want every transaction that I complete to be just as memorable as the last one. Yeah. I don't ever want to have to have a client call me and me be like, what house did they buy? I don't remember. I, I mean, like I might not know their exact address off the top of my head, but I can definitely tell you something personal about all of my clients. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I really, I think there's a huge takeaway from this conversation is that you are a mix of both. So you're super analytical you every day look at what people are doing on your site, which is, I'd say that's a rarity in the real estate space to have someone who's dedicated to paying attention to online leads. Um, totally. and, and then on the other side, you are really cognizant of the old school experience that really create memories for humans. And I think that that is a huge takeaway and something that anyone who's listening to this can really try to think about. We need to be super savvy with our tools. And at the same time, we have to remember that people are people on the other side and, you know, they like shaking hands and they like looking you in the eye, all of those things. And I mean, I would say to you, I don't mean to imply that this is easy. Like yeah. it's not, it's, it's absolutely not easy. It's absolutely a lot of work. But if I could leave anybody with a recommendation, it would be, if you don't have the time to do this, you should train somebody on your team or that you work with, or, you know, your kid, it really doesn't make a difference who you have doing it to understand and take the time to do this. If yeah. you need to be out working with buyers and sellers at every single moment of every single day, then do that. But it, it, I'm telling you, it is a huge income building activity if you take the time to observe these trends of your buyers and sellers. Yeah. And the reality is because by, because we're in the age where you have 
have to set yourself apart now. And, you know, the MLS no longer sets you apart. Um, you will observe these trends largely are the same for a lot of your clientele. Yeah. Because what I find is people that work with me probably wouldn't want to work with my dad. Yeah. Not that he sells real estate, but if he was in real estate yep. and you know, maybe people that work with you wouldn't want to work with me. And, yeah. that, but like, that's okay. So understanding like the, not just the demographics, but the behaviors and preferences of your clientele. And, and the big thing is not being afraid to ask. Yeah. Like that's a huge thing is like, Everybody says, make the ask when it comes to referrals. Like, why don't you make the ask about the service that you're delivering? Like, is this okay? Did yeah. you like this? Would yeah. you prefer I do something differently? Because, I mean, it's extremely powerful as a client to hear, I know I may not have hit the bullseye this time, but how can I make it better for you next time? That's a good like, point. That shows care. Yeah. And, and that goes beyond analytics. That goes just into... Hey, when you're asking somebody to write you a review on Zillow or Real Satisfied or whatever they may be doing, you know, why don't you ask them what what could I have done better? Yeah. Is there anything I could have done better? And I used to do that and approach it as hey, I know that I work really hard, but I'm always trying to get better and I'm always trying to deliver better for you guys. So, if help me help you kind of thing. Like yeah. if I could do anything better, please don't be shy. Tell me what you would have ideally wanted if I didn't hit the mark on anything. And if you felt like I hit the mark on anything, tell me what you think even still could be improved. Yeah. What did you really like? Yeah. And I mean, like that's how you should be making business decisions. That's how you should be evaluating, you know, am I using DocuSign or dot loop or am I using whatever? I mean, is it a good experience for your clients? I don't care how it is for you. It's gotta be easy for you as well. But if it's, if it's easy for you and not easy for your clients, you shouldn't be using it. Yeah, exactly. What, what, I have a couple of questions. I want to go back to the, uh, the lead team and then I want to, I want to shift to something else, but on the lead team, is this a full-time endeavor for someone? And is there multiple people on that team? So we actually rotate it. Um, so online leads we have found are extremely time consuming. Yep. Um, and I don't mean to say we have found in that, like we're the first people that ever did this. There's plenty <laughs> of people. Yeah. But it, it's extremely time consuming and it's extremely hard work. Yeah. Um, so we actually rotate it monthly. Okay. Um, and part of that too is you can be a really great agent and really bad at online lead conversion. Like yeah. that's entirely possible. Yeah. So part of why we rotate it is not only because it's difficult work, but because if it's not a good activity for you, that's okay. Yeah. Like do, do what's right for you. Um, and so we try and give our agents opportunities to do this. However, we don't want to tie anybody into an activity that doesn't make sense for them. Some people just don't want to look at the analytics. They don't want to have to call somebody, you know, 10 times within three days. Like they just don't want to have to do that. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's not me calling them lazy that's me just pointing out the reality of the industry that we work in. Yeah. And then in that scenario, you oversee and coach them and, you know, sort of point out opportunities where they could improve at it so they can get better at it. Absolutely. So okay. that, that is something that 
I do feel that is somewhat unique to us. Some brokerages are doing it, um, but it is somewhat unique to us that we have kind of this objective third party, which is me observing all of this communication. So I, I watch what everybody is communicating on and I look for those things that are sort of hard to identify when you're in the conversation. Yeah. Like it's, it's the same logic as when I say Seth and me and my mother would say, it's actually Seth and I, yeah. like when I'm in the mode of saying it, it's hard to sometimes identify like right in my head, but somebody that's just listening can hear it immediately. Yeah. Um, and so I, I kind of watch that activity and I'll just put in notes to the agents of, Hey, this person's looked at this house seven times in the past three days. Like they're getting it on their e alert, but you may want to say, Hey, I found this house. Um, it meets a lot of your criteria. I know you're getting it on your e alert, but Hey, would you be interested in talking more about it? And What's crazy about that is you're getting all of that from the analytics, but you know what happens to that client? They're like, wow, that agent is on the same page as me. I didn't even bring up that property, but they knew that I was would be into it. They knew I'm interested. I mean, that's really powerful for yeah. a client to hear. And I don't mean to do that kind of like in a, in a bad way. Like yeah. I'm, I'm showing them something and like I'm, tracking them. Like, that's not it. If you're looking at the same house seven times, you're interested in it. I yeah. want to help you with it. You know? Yeah. If you were, um, if you were in my store, if I had a store and you looked at the same thing over and over again, I would ask to help you. Right. And so just because we're seeing it behind the veil of a computer doesn't mean that I should just ignore it yeah. because, and that's what I'm talking about with online leads are just a little uneasy about giving you all the information. Yeah. So sometimes, and th this is exactly why, because when an online lead puts in an inquiry about a property, nine times out of 10 from a real estate agent, they're getting, this is the price. This is how long it's been on the market. When would you like to go see it? Have you spoken to a lender? And it's like, whoa, like, hi, I'm Alyssa. Yeah. What just happened, you know? Yeah. And so my, my thing is I get why they don't want to give us all that information. Like I don't want to be bombarded and put on a newsletter and getting market updates for, you know, Raleigh just because I looked for research purposes on what a house might be worth there. But those people that say, you know, I'm just browsing, but then are coming back to the site every single day and looking at the same property every single day, they're saying they're just browsing because they've gotten that conversation before. Yeah. So they don't want to give it to you again. Um, so clients, clients don't expect this, which is sort of disheartening for me. Like I want them to feel comfortable talking to us as yeah. a resource yeah. industry wide, not just me. Like I want that for the public is to know the value of a realtor is neighborhood expertise, personal expertise. We've been through this. We're going through this every single day. Let us help you. Yeah. Let us not try and sell you. Let us help you. Yeah, that's great. Um, so one of the things that I think you guys have been really good at from a cultural perspective is recruiting. Um, one, the culture there is fantastic. Like I've met quite a few of the go realty agents and they are, I don't know, there's a similarity between them. Like they're, <laughs> they're really 
energetic, you know, all sorts of age groups, but really there's a thread between them. So I'd love to hear how you think about recruiting and how you think about matching that with your culture. Absolutely. So, I mean, culture is our number one. Like if you don't fit us on culture, you don't fit us. And that's okay. Like we're, as I said, like we're not the biggest company. We just like making those big companies nervous. Yeah. And so what's interesting about us, and I've noticed that with my time with Go is you're so right. Like, even though we are a group of extremely different individuals, we all come together under our core beliefs, which are, we believe in a $6 cup of coffee, which is basically people pay a premium for premium experiences. Like people go to Starbucks instead of Dunkin' Donuts because at Starbucks, they're getting this whole experience. Like we believe in that. We believe in magic. Like we want to create those exceptional moments that create memories instead of just completing a transaction. Like we want our clients to say, I didn't know that an agent would service me like that. Like I didn't know that this would be my experience. Yeah. Um, we believe in our team, our leadership and all of our agents. What's so unique about us is as much as we're a brokerage and all of our agents operate as independent contractors, we operate very much like a team. Um, everybody's there to help each other. And that is so unique in our industry. It's not like we're out for each other. We're competing for each other. Like our agents are certainly in competition with each other in terms of the market, but they all have sort of adopted this belief of, you know, there's enough to go around. Let's make each other better. Yeah. We, another one is we believe in our clients. Like we're not, we don't own market share. We're not number one in sales, but it's not about market share to us. If you've seen my business card on the back of our business cards, we have images of our clients. It's about our client, not us. Uh, we believe in simplicity in terms of everyday language, clear communication. Nobody's bringing a contract to us saying, what does that mean? I mean, attorneys hate that, but that's just who we are. Like we don't believe in having to translate things. We want you to understand. Um, a big, big one for us is that we believe in change. So our agents aren't afraid of, Hey, this isn't working. We're blowing it up. We're going to do something completely different. Like we, we make those mistakes of aggression in terms of we try new things all the time. And you don't see that in the real estate industry, like at all. Um, and we believe in being better of course, which is not necessarily in our comparison to others, but in comparison to ourselves. Like we want our agents to achieve their goals and we want them to strive to be the best version of themselves. And, um, kind of the biggest one that I think ties a lot of us together is, uh, go believes in giving back. So we operate a program called go gives back, which takes, uh, $50 from every agent's transaction, um, and gives back to a charity of their choice. And that for us is not only about being charitable. It's about, we honor that our community gives to us by giving us the opportunity to help them buy and sell homes. We want to give to them. Um, and that, I mean, like those core beliefs hang in every office that we have. Um, and they're taught to all of our agents in our, when they come on with us in our new agent program called launch. Um, and they're, they're exemplified. Like 
all of our leaders live and breathe this. All of our agents live and breathe this. Like there is such a thing as go magic. Like we rally around each other. We rally around our clients. We rally around our causes. And I mean, like, absolutely. That's not going to be for everybody. Like the agent that needs their private space and wants to go in their office and, you know, be closed off and not know the names of everybody in the company. Like that's just not us. And that's okay. Like I'm all for that agent working at another brokerage, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's okay if they're not with us. And I think that that resonated with me so much because a big change for me in my career was when I stopped trying to get every client and I realized it's okay if I just want to work with the people that want to work with me. And that's really what everyone at go has adopted is it's okay if I work at a brokerage with people that just want to work there and don't want to be at whatever brokerage gives them the best split or whatever it is. Like that's not a conversation at go. The conversation at go is about like, how can we, service our clients better? How can we make this industry better and make each other better? Like that, that is just has a way of bringing people together in a way that I don't see a lot of brokerages have. I love your passion and it's (laughs) definitely infectious. And I, I felt that through the rest of the team. Um, I really appreciate this conversation because I think one of the things that is somewhat transparent when, you know, brokers or teams or agents are just trying to build their own businesses is they don't get to see what it's like in other brokerages because they just go to them when they're, you know, they might have a, a split listing or they're showing a property or they need to do a transaction with someone. They're not hearing and feeling what a culture might be like in some other space. So I really appreciate you sharing. What's the best way for people to find out more about you? So the best way for people to find out more about me, um, you can actually shoot me an email. I try and respond to all of my emails. It's just Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A at gorealty.biz, B-I-Z. Um, you can check out our website, gorealty.biz or our Go School website, goschool.biz. Um, or you can find me on Twitter at a V Hellman. Awesome. Alyssa, thank you. And I can't wait to see you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Seth. Thanks for listening to the marketing genius podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to write us a review on the iTunes store for our full episode archive and access to exclusive bonus content. Visit us online at playster.com slash podcast. If you have feedback about marketing genius or want to suggest topics and guests for future shows, drop us a line at podcast at playster.com. Don't settle for mediocre marketing, become a marketing genius and start growing your real estate business online. The Marketing Genius Podcast is brought to you by Playster, the digital marketing platform for real estate professionals, brands, and organizations of all kinds. With beautiful websites, lead management tools, marketing automation, and an academy featuring the latest tools and tips, Playster offers real estate professionals everything they need to succeed online. Learn more at Playster.com.